Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This point to the logo on my chest and tell him. Slendy, ego. Slendy, ego. Slendy, ego. Slendy, ego. Hit it up hard. Hit it with strike. From the national anthem to the bottom of the night. I'm in. Slendy, ego. Slendy, ego. Slendy, ego. Slendy, ego. You already know what's up. What's that? Another home run. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 309 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. I am Ben Fadden. It's the day after Christmas. Just wanted to get back here uh, and talk about some outfield targets for the San Diego Padres in free agency. I know a lot of you are probably at home right now because you're not working or anything like that. So I thought it was a good time to come on here and talk. Uh, Just simple, five outfield targets for the Padres via the free agent route. There's trades that could happen, but that's harder to talk about just sitting here because we're not in the front office, right? We're not A.J. Preller. We don't know guys that the Padres are actually interested in on the trade market or if the these players are actually like attainable based on what the Padres want or what the uh, the teams want back in return for specific outfield players that the Padres might be interested in, you know, in the trade market. So that's why I'm just doing uh, this these targets as free agents. Um, so first off, let's start with just talking about the depth for the Padres right now, right? David Dahl, Jose Azokar, and Brandon Dixon. Those are like the three outfield 
depth options right now because it's Grisham in center, Soto in right, Tatis maybe in right field and Soto in left when he comes back. But right now, who's the left fielder for the San Diego Padres on opening day? Is it Jose Azokar or is it David Dahl? Like that's their depth. Dahl, Azokar, and Dixon. And Dixon, I mean, he can play infield too. So do you want to consider him as like a full-time outfielder? Uh, Taylor Colway's in the minor leagues. He was with AAA. Uh, I-, I thought he might have actually been called up at some point this past season, but it ended up not happening. Um, so yeah, the, the depth, what I'm trying to say is the depth, it's not that strong right now at the big league level or guys that we think could be at the big league level for the Padres. So they need someone who is a starting caliber outfielder. I think like so far this, this off season for the Padres, it's been successful, but I think that there's still some work to do. Uh, so first one, I'm going to go over here and here's five targets. There's one guy I want to, I, I want to touch on that. I don't think is a, uh, a great, target for the Padres, but I've seen some people actually being interested in him. Um, So let's first start off with someone I think the Padres should target, and that's Adam Duvall. He is going to be 34 years old for the 2023 season. He had a .9 Fangraphs war this past season. Uh, He's hit 38 home runs, or excuse me, he hit 38 home runs in 2021 when he was playing every day this past season he didn't play every day i believe i believe he was whoa that's a voice crack holy cow um i believe he was playing with atlanta this past season and he just didn't get everyday playing time but when he was playing every day you saw the power there the numbers were a lot better so maybe he just needs consistent playing time um so my point is like i don't think that the Padres, if they go sign, let's say Adam Duvall, I don't think that he's going to be getting like everyday playing time in the outfield, but he'll get everyday playing time until at least Fernando gets back, right? And so maybe you could see some good power numbers at least to start off the season. So this past year, 12 home runs, 213 average was, that's not great. Uh, but again, 86 games, like that's that's not a lot of playing time 2021 he played 146 games and his war was 2.7 fangraphs war so i think this guy could be a value uh, add for the padres i don't think he'd be someone that would cost a whole lot because i don't think his value is super high right now based on this past season that he had He's someone that can DH uh, if Carpenter's going to be at first base and Ha-Sung Kim uh, is not in the lineup against like certain righties because if you look at Ha-Sung Kim's splits, his lefty splits, righty splits, uh, he's much better hitting against lefties than he is against righties. So maybe against certain righties, they have Crony go over to second, put Carpenter at first. You can have Adam Duvall DH. And that you can have any of these guys really DH may, may maybe one or two of these guys that I'm going to talk about, maybe not, but most of these guys you could put in that DH spot. If you're not having Kim in the lineup on a certain day, but it's not like Kim's going to be the only guy that's not going to be in the lineup. Some days, if some guys are getting a full day off, you can put this guy as the DH. Uh, if you're, cause you're going to move some other players around the field. Right. Um, so 
I like Adam Duvall. Uh, he's not someone that I would be like super pumped if they got, but it is a. I think that's someone that they should target and should be interested in. Uh, another target, I think, Trey Mancini. Now, I don't know how likely this option is now that the Padres got Matt Carpenter because I think Trey Mancini probably sees himself more as a first base DH guy. And that's what the Padres just got. They just got Carpenter first base DH guy, right? I don't think you're going to be seeing Carpenter too much in the outfield, but maybe he's their left fielder right now because they don't want to put Jose Zocar or Brandon Dixon there. But maybe it's probably David Dahl, for being honest. He's probably in left field, penciled in right now with Carpenter as the DH and Kim at second and Crony at first. Uh, but with Trey Mancini, he, he can play the outfield. He, he played there a good amount with Baltimore, you know, when he, was, when he was first there. At the end there, he didn't play a whole lot of outfield. Uh, he didn't play outfield really with Houston, but he can do that. He's 31 years old, uh, which is what he's going to be in 2023. Again, all of these ages that I say, that's their 2023 age. So sometimes it's some of these players, that's not their age right now, but that's what they're going to be in 2023. That's what we care about. Uh, he had a .9 F4 just like Adam Duvall did in 2022. Uh, I already talked about he's not the best fit on the roster right now because they already got Carp, uh, but he does have a track record of staying healthy, and I think that's important for someone that you're bringing in to be a fourth outfielder or a another first base option or another DH option. Uh, a, your first bench player, this is probably what that is. Um, you want that guy to be healthy and you want to be able to count on that guy and know that he's going to be healthy. You don't want to be bringing in someone who, oh, this is a risk, high upside, uh, but it's a high risk too. You know, you don't want that. Uh, Matt says strong pass on Mancini. And yeah, I know some people they'll pass on Mancini. Maybe he's not the best fit. Or they look at you know his postseason numbers or his numbers with Houston, and he did struggle with Houston. But I also want to look at his time in Baltimore, over 20 home runs. 2019 with Baltimore, when he was playing consistently, 35 home runs. 2018, 24 home runs. Uh, the RBIs are there a good amount. Um, he walked a pretty solid rate, almost 10% these last few seasons, uh, at least the numbers that I'm looking at here. Um, on base percentage, it's over 300. Uh, like I, I think he's a, he, he's a solid option, but I do think that another team would give him a starting chance, kind of like Will Myers, and Mancini would probably want to take that. might be a one-year deal for him, but he might want to take that and then get traded to a team like the Padres or another contender before the trade deadline. So it's like a win-win for him. He gets more money because he's a starter at the beginning of the year, and he gets to be on a contender after the trade deadline. I think that's maybe what you're going to see uh, from Trey Mancini here, whatever team signs him. I don't know if it's going to be a contender. It might be, but most contenders, like their first base, they, they have that pretty locked down. The Padres, again, they just got Carpenter. The Dodgers, they have Muncie and Freeman. Um Who's their DH right now? They have. I know they signed uh, Hayward to a minor league deal. Let me double check who their DH is right now. I know they have Will Smith catching. 
I'm blanking on who the Dodgers DH is. Fangraphs has their DH or JD Martinez, duh. Yeah, sign with the Red from the Red Sox. My bad. One year, ten mil. Um, so they're good there. Maybe Mancini goes to the Giants. Their first base situation. It's JD Davis, um, Wilmer Flores. I don't know if they have a real DH right now, so maybe he goes there. There's other spots as well, but I, I think the Padres should target Trey Mancini if the money is where they like it. Like this guy, he's he-, he stays healthy. He, I think he'll bounce back this season after not having a great end to his uh, 2022 season, and he's still, you know, 31 years old. He's not super old, so we'll see what happens there. Um, but I like Trey. And then Andrew McCutcheon, he is another option. I saw, I think I saw someone in the chat earlier uh, about Andrew McCutcheon there. He is 36 or going to be 36. He only had a 0.3 F4 this past season. So that's not great. But if you look at his numbers, the last two years, 44 home runs combined, 130 plus games played. Uh, So he does have a pretty good ability of staying healthy the last couple years. I know that he, we all saw that injury that he had when he was with the Phillies and Ian Kinsler and kind of that like collision or whatever it was there uh, at Petco Park. That that sucked to see. But these last couple years, Kutch has stayed healthy. When you look at his baseball savant numbers, okay, I understand he doesn't have you know the strongest arm, uh, but his chase rate ninety second percentile. He he's very good plate discipline. His sprint speed is in the 90th percentile. Uh, so very good there, despite being up there in age in, you know, baseball terms, right? If you're over 35, people look at you like you're 80, right? Um, for, for most guys, at least, unless you're like, you know, that elite starting pitcher, but for these position players, they're pretty much signing one year deals right now. You know, if you're over 35, if you're Kutch's age, that's probably what's happening. Uh, so I think this is a, this would be a good one-year guy. He seems like he'd be a great fit for the clubhouse, a veteran. He's looking for his first World Series as well, just like a lot of other guys are uh, on this roster. Uh, but he also has experience in playoff games as well. Uh, remember, he did play with the Yankees a little bit there for that, I think, the end of one of those seasons. Uh, was that 2018, I want to say? I'll double-check that here. But I think he's a good option. Someone that you know he can start games in the outfield. You know he can DH. He does have power still, like I mentioned earlier, with those home runs, um, despite being 36. Yeah, the war was not great. But 17 home runs, uh, I think you'll take that from Kutch. I mean, you, you probably want more than that in the number of games that he played. But again, as I was talking about with Mancini, I want someone who's healthy uh, or someone that I can rely on to be healthy if I want if this guy's gonna be like your first bench option, your fourth outfielder when Fernando's back and your starting outfielder on opening day, right? I'd probably put Kutch as the starter over David Dahl. But as of now, I mean David Dahl would make the roster. He'd probably be starting in left field. The Padres, they're gonna want someone probably better than that. Uh on the bench in front of Dahl. Now Dahl, maybe he turns out to be, you know, this, this great story, have a great spring training and, you know, makes the roster and has an impact. 
I kind of see him as like a Nomar Mazzara from last season where has a, has a solid spring training. Um, then he's raking in AAA, which a lot of guys do. Rake in AAA, come up, and eh, he can play. You know, he can fill in. He can be a good hitter, but is he going to do that consistently? He could do that for a couple-week stretch. I think Mazar did that this past season. But is he going to do it consistently? Probably not. So they're going to want a better option there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, 2021, that's not that long ago. 27 home runs for the Phillies in uh, 144 games. I'm not saying Kutch is going to play 144 games. If he does, something went wrong because Soto's playing every day. Grisham, I would say, is playing every day that in center. And you want Tatis to be healthy. Um, the walk rate was down this past year compared to 2021. He was walking 14% of the time in 2021. So if they can get something like that from Kutch, if he comes here, uh, I think that would be a very, very good move for the Padres. Uh, We will get to my last two options. I will get to the chat, obviously, as well. Don't worry. I always do uh, at the end, and I get through everyone. Um, So if you want to make sure I get to you uh, or show your question on the screen and really take some time on it, you can use that super chat button. That's a great way to support the channel. Uh, But back to my outfield targets here in a second. But first, this episode is sponsored by Gaglione Bros Famous Cheese Steaks and Garlic Fries. Their main location is on Friars Road, and you can visit gaglionebros.com for their menu and contact information. You can also enjoy their cheese steaks and fries at Petco Park and inside Snapdragon Stadium. All right, so we've already went through three, Duvall, Mancini, McCutcheon. My last two. David Peralta is one. He is going to be 35 years old. He might be 35 already. A 1-7 F4 this past year. Any Padres fan that's like a diehard Padres fan and watches all the games and was watching the Padres in the Diamondbacks games these last, I don't know, few years at least. Um, David Peralta is, seems like he's one of those Padres killers. You know, Charlie Blackman's in there, right? Uh, there's just certain guys that feels like they kill the Padres and Peralta's one of those guys. He was, I believe, traded to Tampa this past season, uh, and he'd be a solid option. Um, he's not a big home run guy, but neither was Profar, and he had success, right? But despite not having you know, a lot of power, he had a th- uh, batting average on balls in play, BABIP. So I just wanted to spell that out in case people didn't know what that stat was. Uh, he's had over 300, over 300 BABIP every year of his career. Uh, and he's another left-handed hitter. I think that's important to point out as well. Because before getting Matt Carpenter, this was right heavy. And now with getting Carpenter in the lineup, you're at Tatis in there, right? It's more of a balanced lineup. But what happens when one of those guys isn't playing? Or... If a righty's on the mound and you want Hassan Kim not in the lineup, you can move pieces around. You have Peralta, a lefty. You can put him in the lineup uh, you know, early in the season, adding more balance to the order. Um, there you go. There's another lefty. so uh, And a lefty that can come off the bench and pinch hit if you need him to. I really like David Peralta as a potential addition for the Padres. 
his uh, if you look at his baseball savant page, exit velocity, max exit velocity, uh, hard hit percentage are all in the red, which means they're all really good. And his outs above average in the field is that is also really good. I I believe he was a Gold Glove finalist in left field this past year. Profar was not. And I think I remember being mad at that. Not. I don't think I was like mad at Peralta. I think it was someone else that was like, nah, Profar deserved to be in there over this person. Uh, but he just he'd be a solid outfield addition for the Padres. I think he'd be a solid bat that you could stick where probably sixth or seventh in the order. Um, sign me up for that. I think. So he's another option. And then my final guy, people are probably, if you're listening to this live or watching this live or on the podcast, you're probably like, why hasn't Ben mentioned Jerks and Profar's name yet? Well, here you go. Jerks and Profar is another option. A guy I want to return to the Padres, but I want him to return kind of like Will at the right price. Uh, I don't want to overpay for him. I don't want to give Jerks and Profar five years if anyone is watched or listened to me. They, they know uh, that I like Jerks and Profar. I think he was a very positive uh, person to have in that clubhouse this past year. He really helped the Padres lead off a lot this past season. Um, with When Tatis returns, I'm not expecting Profar to be leading off still if he's on the team. I don't really expect Profar to be playing every day when Tatis gets back um, if Profar is a Padre. But this guy can be a very, very uh, valuable utility player. We know he can play the outfield, and he'd be the starting left fielder, obviously, on opening day if he were a Padre to start the season. Um, DH, I don't really want him DHing, but he can play first. He didn't really play first this past season, but that's because they needed him in left field. He can play second, I believe, um, if you know something happens, but so can Matt Carpenter. Uh, but he has the versatility, and that's obviously a positive. That's something that A.J. Preller likes, right? When I say it's a positive for the Padres, usually I try to look at it from A.J. Preller's viewpoint. Um, is this something that A.J. Preller views as a positive? And having versatility, being able to switch hit, like those are positives, I think, that A.J. Uh, in the Padres front office values. He played a career-high 152 games this past season. Is that something to be concerned about? Like injuries coming up? I don't think so. Uh, I know that he's been training in Florida this offseason. I think he was in the DR with Tatis. I think he's still training. I don't know this for sure, but I, I saw something on social media that he's still training with uh, Fernando Tatis Sr. Uh, like he did this past year, which obviously was good because it ended up you know, resulting in one of Profar's best seasons in the big leagues, right? A, a career year for him. Uh, his outs above average, his, his average exit velocity, his barrel rate are all poor. So they're in the blue, according to Baseball Savant, if you go look up his page. So that's not great. Maybe that's discouraging uh, if you're sitting there in the Padres front office and you're like, well, he just had a career year. Are we expecting him to do that again? I don't think that's fair to expect him to do that again. Uh, especially when he's not going to be playing consistently. Maybe he was someone that, you know, benefited a lot from playing consistently uh, and, you know, really getting in a groove and having that confidence that he is going to be playing every day and getting those consistent at-bats. Um, and if he, you know, MLB trade rumors earlier this offseason, 
or at the start of the offseason, their prediction was that Profar was going to get five years, I believe is what they said. Or maybe it was a, it might not have been Emily Trader, it might have been the athletic. Anyway, it was somewhat, it was some publication, five years, 75 mil was their prediction. That's what Andrew Benintendi ended up getting with the White Sox. And if you look at the two's stats, I mean, age, everything, they're pretty comparable. Now, Profar can do more things than Benintendi, like positions, and he can switch hit and all that, but they're pretty comparable players. So let's say Profar gets five years, like Benintendi got. I don't want to give Profar five years. Five years to a utility guy? Maybe he starts, you know, if Soto leaves in a couple years, hope not. Or if they trade Grisham or if they, you know, they don't like the Tatis thing in the outfield, then maybe he gets time. Or injuries, obviously, Tatis, he hasn't played a full season. He won't even play a full season in 2022 because of, or 2023, excuse me, because of the suspension. Uh, But I don't want to give five years to Profar. I don't even want to give four years to Profar. Three years, 30 mil, you know, 10 mil a year, I'd probably be fine with that because he is a very, uh, I think, a very solid backup plan, a very solid fourth outfielder, someone that can come in and play almost any position, it feels like. I think you give him 10 10 mil per year for someone like that. But to give him five years, four years, like that, that feels like a stretch. For a guy coming off a career year, I don't expect him to do that again. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Maybe he'll do it another season, but I don't I don't expect him to do that in 2023. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but that's just me. So, Profar at the right price? Yeah, certainly I'd bring him back. But He's not someone I want to go overpay for. That's for sure. All right. So those are five options that I like. Adam Duvall is one. Trey Mancini. These aren't like preference, like in order, but these are just names uh, that I'm throwing out there. Andrew McCutcheon, Dave Peralta, Jerickson Profar. Out of those five, if money was not like a factor and I'm, I'm just looking at fit, who would I go with? I'd probably go pro far. I know I just, it felt like I just spent a few minutes like bashing him and saying, oh, why I shouldn't bring this, why they shouldn't overpay for this guy, why they shouldn't bring him back on a long-term deal and all that. Uh, but I think the versatility switch hit, he's familiar with the Padres, the organization, National League pitchers. He knows his place and all that. Like he's comfortable, it seems like. 
And I think he, there was a report earlier this offseason that he wanted to return. He had a desire to return to the Padres. The Padres had a desire to bring him back. Um, so Profar would probably be, probably be number one for me out of these five options. I like Trey Mancini, but I just don't see him as a as the best fit. So two, I'd probably go with David Peralta, left-handed hitter, over 300 average on uh, balls in play for him this past year, or every year of his career. And with the shift going away, I think he can benefit from that even more. Kutch probably would be three, and then Mancini and Duvall probably. I'd go four, five. Now, one I wanted to get to this. Uh, one guy that people are talking about, they think it's it would be a good fit for the Padres. I don't think this would be the best for the Padres to go get this guy. And that is Chad Pinder. He's a free agent. He played under Bob Melvin in Oakland. And so I understand fans making that connection. Maybe some A's fans want to make that connection as well. Um, They just, they, they see it as a fit and I don't blame them because of, you know, he plays left need of an outfielder, another outfielder, someone that can start games that has major league experience. Blah 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 blah. The, the Melvin experience, uh, the Melvin connection. But if you look at his baseball savant, it is bad. And I think these, when you look at numbers of someone like Chad Pinder, I don't want to overvalue those basic stats. If you go on like Baseball Reference or Fangraphs, right? What I want to do is go to his baseball savant because he's not someone that I view as like this must-have guy. So if his stats are good, well, I want to dig deeper to it into that if that makes sense. Average exit velocity, 22nd percentile. That's poor according to baseball savant. Um his walk percentage, 2nd percentile. He doesn't walk. His sprint sp- his sprint speed is bad. 19th percentile. His uh, strikeout percentage, 5th percentile. Outfield jump, 8th percentile. All of these are poor. Outs above average, poor, 5th percentile. Um, that's not what I want in a guy that could be the starting left fielder on opening day. So I'm not that into him. Um, this was his 2022 rankings. So I don't want to make it seem like this is the the guy that he's been his whole career, but I don't know a whole lot about Chad Pinder. And so I'm just looking at what he did this past year and it didn't, it wasn't that great. He doesn't run. If you look at his average exit velocity, 87. I mean, it's not terrible, uh, but he strikes out a ton. Over 30%, he walks less than 4% of the time. Like, that is not Jerks and Profar. Like, that's almost the opposite, right? Profar, great at bats. Um, he's willing to walk. He doesn't strike out over 30% of the time. If I want a fourth outfielder or someone that – I want that guy to be able to, you know, pinch hit sometimes. So Chad Pinder is a no for me. If you look at Profar's numbers compared to Pinder, I mean – better. I know Profar is the better player 
and you might have to overpay for him, but I want someone like Profar. He strikes out half the time that Pinder does, right? Pinder over 30%. Profar was 15-7, 2022. 15.8% of the time, 2021. 13.9 in the short 2020. He walks over 11% of the time. Pinder is a little over three, you know? Uh, I'd rather have the Profar type guy than the Chad Pinder type guy, if that makes sense. So for me, it's a no on Chad Pinder. Some people might like him. They see the connection. But for me, that's a no. All right. So that's what I wanted. That, that was my part of this episode. Now I'm turning it over to you guys. No baseball news. I was just checking Twitter real quick. So let's see what you guys have to say. Kirsten likes the hat. Yeah. Uh, one of my Christmas gifts, Christmas gifts yesterday. I'm grateful for any stuff that I get. Hopefully everyone had a great Christmas and are in, most people probably have the day off today. So hopefully you're enjoying that. Matt is a big Trevor Bauer guy. Uh, he's saying Bauer and Evaldi are signing. So is Profar. Well, the Padres aren't doing that. Uh, there's a 0% chance of that happening. I think they're signing Profar, Evaldi and Bauer. Bauer, I say there's a 0% chance of happening right there. Like, I don't, I, I literally don't give them any chance. Um, I will come and come on here and say I was wrong. Uh, I'll put I was wrong, like, on the thumbnail, whatever, whatever you want me to do. If they get Bauer, yeah, I was wrong. That's not happening. They're not getting Trevor Bauer. Avaldi, um, they might get, but I'm sure they're, the Padres are probably asking themselves in the front office. Is he worth those two draft picks? Bogarts was worth it. It was a long-term deal, but we could go get someone like Corey Kluber or someone like Michael Waka on a one-year deal. Do we have to give Evaldi a, a, a multi-year deal, give up draft picks for a guy that it's not a guarantee for him to stay healthy for you know majority of the year? He has dealt with some injury issues. Um, so there's higher, But there is a higher percent chance of of all the happening, obviously, than Bauer. And the Padres have expressed interest in Nathan Avaldi. Uh, I believe that report came in over the weekend from Chad Bradford, or Rob Bradford. I think that's his name. Uh, I believe he covers the Red Sox in Boston. So he's connected there. Padres have also been connected to Johnny Cueto. Uh, as for Profar, I think there's a chance for that to happen, but I think Profar is going to have to meet the Padres' uh, asking price, or maybe they have to meet in the middle. I don't think the Padres are going to go meet Profar's price. They're going to Profar is going to have to meet theirs, if that makes sense. And I get the argument here from Matt about Trevor Bauer. Bauer is good money. Padres would be paying him like the league minimum because the Dodgers are paying over twenty million dollars to Bauer this year, regardless of if he's on the roster or not. But they don't need that headache in the locker room in the clubhouse. Um, with Fernando coming back, all the expectations. That'll be a bad look on the Padres franchise to, to bring in Trevor Bauer, I think. It's not a guarantee that he's going to pitch well. He hasn't pitched in a long time in the big leagues. And uh, I don't want to get into this too much, but with this whole sexual assault thing, that lady that made the 
complaint is from San Diego. I think she worked on the pod squad and stuff. Like, so that would be a bad look for the Padres to say, yeah, we'll bring this guy in. We'll bring this guy in. They don't need Trevor Bauer. Uh, let's just go get someone else. There are other options out there. I'd, I'd rather do that than go get Trevor Bauer. I'd rather throw uh, Jay Groom out there and see what happens than Bauer, to be honest. Yeah, a couple people now like the hat. Yeah, thank you. I didn't get it, but um, yeah, I think it's a sweet hat as well. I got, I think I got three Padres hats yesterday. So I'll be rotating those on the show probably. Alfredo says, controversial signing, Bauer, question mark? Yeah, of course. Yeah, anyone that signs him, oh, they're going to have to answer a lot of questions. going to be a lot of blowback on the franchise if they do sign him. I don't even know if a team will. I, I assume a team will take the chance and say, yeah, we'll just, you know, we'll take the PR hit. I, I don't see the Padres being that team. You think Manny wants Bauer in that clubhouse? Vlogging and all that. You think Musgrove wants him in the clubhouse? You want? You think uh, Bob Melvin wants that in the clubhouse? I, I don't think so. Uh, Matt asked about Brandon Belt. Uh, I, I don't see him coming. They just got Matt Carpenter, who can play first. They have Crony, who can play first. Um, I think Brandon Belt. He might get a starting job somewhere. I don't have the teams right in front of me, like what what might fit, who's looking for a starting first baseman, but he, he could get a starting job, I would think, somewhere. I'm sure there's a team that uh, would be interested in at least bringing Brandon Belt on as like a part-time starter. Uh, I don't think he really fits with the Padres. And would he want to come to the Padres after being, you know, a career-long Met or not Met, a career-long giant? I don't know. It's kind of like Justin Turner. I just didn't see the fit there. Like, positionally, I saw the Justin Turner fit. I understood it. You know, DH can play first, could play third a little bit too, obviously. Uh, but being a Dodger, Brandon Belt being a giant, I'd rather just – I'd rather go get an outfielder. I think they need that more than someone who is known as a first baseman. Fly God asks, any update on Cueto? No. Um, Potters are interested. I think the Marlins are interested as well. The Angels, I believe, are interested in Avaldi and Kluber. And the Padres, I haven't heard them connected to Kluber. I hope they're interested. I, I'd like to have Kluber. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much the update. Not a whole lot's happening right now because of the holidays and stuff. Or maybe it's not because of the holidays. I. I think AJ Preller's probably talking with a scout or talking with an agent or talking with a player. He's doing something right now. He's not sitting on the couch, you know, watching uh, soccer today or watching sports right now, um, watching some random bowl game. No, uh, he's probably working because that's just who he is. David says, I feel like Brian Reynolds is a great pick. He's a switch hitter, has power, contact, and speed. Basically another Grisham, but better offense. Yeah, um, I think that, well, first, yeah, I like Brian Reynolds, but 
you also have to realize what Pittsburgh is asking for. And some people have told Ken Rosenthal that they're asking for like a Juan Soto package for Brian Reynolds. And I know Brian Reynolds, he has more control. Well, same amount of control technically, three postseason runs. Um, and he's not the player that Juan Soto is, obviously. Juan Soto is a top 10 player easily in baseball. Top five probably when he's you know playing well. Um, so they're going to get less for Brian Reynolds than what the Nationals got for Soto. But as long as Pittsburgh keeps asking for a Juan Soto package, they're not going to trade Brian Reynolds because no one's going to meet that. And I don't think the Padres are going to go all in on Brian Reynolds when they can go get one of these outfield guys that I just mentioned in this episode um, as an outfield option on a one-year deal or something, and they don't have to give up Jackson Merrill because that's what would happen. That's what the Pirates would ask for. They would ask for the Padres' best prospect. Like Dalton Varsho, who's he's a solid player. When I was looking up his stats the other day, after he got traded to Toronto, oh, he's better than I thought. But he's not on Brian Reynolds' level. And the Blue Jays gave up their number one catching prospect. And Blue Jays fans are mad that they gave him they gave up that. And they gave up a starting outfielder for it was Guriel, I think. Lord is Guriel Jr. for Dalton Varsho. You know, like um, the Padres, they're going to, if my point is, if the Blue Jays had to give up their top catching prospect, one of their best prospects in the, in their system, the Padres for Brian Reynolds, who's better than Varsho, they're going to have to give up Merrill. I don't think they want to do that for Jackson Merrill. They didn't want to give him up in the Juan Soto deal, right? They were like, yeah, that's, you know, we don't want to give up wood. We don't want to give up hassle. We don't, we don't want to give up anyone, but we want to keep Jackson Merrill. You know, it's okay if we give up Wood because we're hoping to extend Soto. Uh, if we give up Hassel, okay, well, we have Juan Soto. He's going to be better than Robert Hassel III. Um, but with Merrill, they still really like this guy. So I don't see them giving him up. Joseph says AJ Pollock to the Padres. He's another free agent option, uh, but I I believe he's dealt with some injuries these past couple years. Let me check what he did this past season. I don't think he had the best year. Um, I guess I'd be fine with AJ Pollock. He can play center. He can play all three outfield positions. I think, and I'm sure he could DH a little bit. 0.5 WAR. Uh, on Fangraphs with the White Sox, 14 home runs. I believe, I want to say he dealt with some injuries his past year. He is going to be 35, or that's going to be his uh, age season in 2023. Strikes out almost, you know, around 20% of the time. Doesn't walk a whole lot. Not a not not a threat on the bases at all. I mean, I'd be fine bringing him in, but how much better is he over, let's say, David Dahl? I think the Padres they want a better they want a bigger gap between Dahl and the guy that they get. You know, they want this guy to be able to start any day. David Dahl can start any day, but they want to be able to. 
if injuries happen, this guy can go be a starting outfielder and he can produce consistently. I hope that's what they want. I don't know if AJ Pollock's that the best guy for that. Yeah, Devin says I don't want Bauer. I'd be happy with Avaldi or Cueto. I'd have to agree with that. I'd probably rather. I mean, Avaldi's a better guy. Don't get me wrong, but Cueto would be one year instead of multiple years. He did have a solid season this past year with the White Sox. Had like a three and a half WAR on Baseball Reference. Um, he, he stayed healthy this past year. Devin says, do you want a Corbin Burns or Brandon Woodruff trade to happen? I'll say this. I want Corbin Burns or Brandon Woodruff, of course. Who wouldn't want those guys? Those are great guys. But I don't think they're going to get dealt. The Brewers, they're still going to start the season trying to win. Um, now, the return, you'd have to give up Merrill. Uh, I'd be fine with giving up Merrill for Corbin Burns. Brandon Woodruff, I don't know. He's a really solid pitcher. Um, I think he has two more years left on his contract. I want is it two or one? Let me double check that. Woodruff contract. Burns, I would do it because he's like a top three pitcher in baseball, starting pitcher, I think. He's right up there with Verlander and DeGrom. Like he's that good. Uh, Woodruff, I don't think he's on that same level, but two years of control, age 30 and 31 seasons, like he's a solid option. If they go get uh, Brandon Woodruff and they trade Merrill, I, I, I don't know if I'd be pissed off about it, but I'll, I'll definitely be saying, man, I hope this works. I hope this works because they, they could have went out and gotten Kluber or Waka, someone like that, and didn't have to give up Merrill. And now you're bringing in Woodruff. Uh, for a couple seasons, I know they're trying. They're, they're going all in, obviously, so that would fit, you know, them going all in. So it makes sense that way. But you, you are giving up a very, very good piece there for that. With Corbin Burns, I feel like he, he would work. Um, Brandon Woodruff. Let me look at his numbers this past year. I mean, he's a good pitcher. Don't get me wrong. He's not on the same level as Burns, though. I, I think you have to be on the same level as Burns to give up Merrill. For a starting pitcher. So Shane Bieber, I think, would qualify as that. I see Devin there in the comments. Um, had a little over 150 innings this past year. Almost 30 innings less than 2021. Uh, he had a 4-7 F4 in 2021. Dropped down to 3-5 in 2022. Like, so... Woodruff, he's a solid pitcher. I mean, if you want to compare him to guys on the Padres staff, so a 3-5 F4 for Woodruff this past year. Darvish had a 4-2. And he's probably, what, the Padres' ace? Like, I want to trade for an ace if I'm giving up Merrill, if that makes sense. All right, I think this is the last question here from Devin. What do you think about the Korea physical situation? I think it's bizarre. Uh, I gave my thoughts on my Major League Baseball, my new uh, MLB YouTube channel, so check that out, Baseball Struck. Um, it's bizarre, man. The Giants probably feel a lot better now. They're like, okay, well, Giants fans, baseball world, you were clowning us for uh, 
having or letting Korea walk when we had this agreement for a $350 million deal. Well, how do we look now? We have another team, the Mets, who throw around money. Steve Cohen's willing to just throw out money to anyone, really. Um, they're looking at the physical, and they're concerned about his right leg. Where, And he had surgery on it in 2014. And I think he had a quote about it this past year. But he hasn't gotten hurt with it since. But teams are worried about it. So it's bizarre. I think that the Mets will end up coming to agreement with him. I think that they're going to put like a clause or something in there that's going to say, hey, if you get hurt with this injury, you know, if your right leg uh, makes you miss games, you miss time, then you're not getting paid for that time missed. So it could be a $315 million contract like the, the previous agreement was with the Mets. And then they say, well, if, if you get hurt, well, now it's 312. Now it's 3300. Uh, now it's 290, like whatever. Um, if you miss it multiple times, then we're going to keep docking money, right? So maybe Craig agrees to that because that's the most money he's going to get from any team. Like the Twins are 285. That's nowhere near 315. I obviously applaud the Twins for trying. And I think if you're the Mets, you're like, okay, let's hope this doesn't happen, but we're putting this clause in there. The Twins, they were willing to give him 10 years. They know him best. He was on the Twins when he, uh, I think he slid into third or whatever it was, when he kind of felt that ankle this past year. So they, they're not concerned about it. So why should we be? Let's just protect ourselves. We'll put the clause in there, but let's go sign this guy. Like He hasn't had back issues. And hope it works out. We have Eduardo Escobar still at third base. We have solid options. We still have Brett Beatty in the farm system. or I think he was on the roster for the postseason. Like, If we trade one of those guys, we still have the other. We're in a good spot if Correa gets hurt. So let's go do this. I think that's what the Mets' mindset is. That That's probably what Steve Cohen is telling Billy Elther. Like, let's get this done. He's probably telling Scott Boris, we're interested in getting this done. We're not the Giants. We're not going to see this and be like, nope, fine, go negotiate with other teams. No, the Mets doesn't seem like they're negotiate it doesn't seem like Boris is allowing other teams to negotiate. It seems like they're trying to hammer something out with the Mets. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, I think Boris was saying that he was confident an agreement was going to happen before Christmas. Like they were going to get something done. They already reached agreement, but like resolve this issue. And that didn't happen. But that was before I think Rosenthal came out with the report. Over the weekend, I think it was Saturday, that the Mets had expressed concerns about the physical. So it's a bizarre situation, Devin, for sure. Bizarre. All right, everyone, that is the episode, episode 309 of Talking Friars, five free agent outfield targets. Hopefully you enjoyed that. If you're on YouTube, let me know in the comments what outfield targets you like out of this list, what you guys uh, or what other maybe targets you'd put on this list uh, that I did not mention. Do you like Chad Pinder? Do you not like Chad Pinder? Let me know, and I'll be back later this week. Thank you so much for watching or listening. See ya.